Welcome back to Held and Healed. This podcast is a resource filled with resources to help you on your healing journey. I welcome women to join us on Facebook at a growing group, Held and Healed Christian Women Rebuilding After Abuse. And in that group, I share, I've shared hundreds and hundreds of resources. Maybe we're getting into the thousands by now. Took a little bit of a break. I have a bunch of things going on here in my life, getting ready to for some big changes, including a retreat that we are hosting for women here in Virginia, September 10th through 12th. If you are interested in attending that, you have a couple more days to get registered. Registration ends September the 1st. So feel free to reach out to me at the web address or at Held and Healed that is listed in the show notes. We are excited to have Rebecca Davis from the Untwisting Scriptures series and Joy Forest from Called to Peace Ministries, uh, as well as a team of women from Called to Peace that are coming to help us with that retreat. So I'm really, really looking forward to and excited about the opportunity to meet with women who understand the journey of healing from all types of abuse. So I have had something on my heart for several weeks and um, just been kind of taking little notes here and there. And I believe this is something that a lot of us women um, struggle with and need uh, constantly to be reminded. And it is the area of boundaries. So if you are sitting in front of me and I ask for a show of hands, of every person who struggles with setting a boundary and then maintaining a boundary, I would guess that many of you would raise your hands because we are servants and servers and doers and worker bees and all the things. We are uh, Marthas in a merry world. Um, I don't know that it's a merry world, but many of us are Marthas who are up doing all the things and there's nothing wrong with serving. Let's make sure we, you know, we know that, but there, there comes a time and a place where we have to learn as in my previous podcast, we have to learn how to take care of ourselves so that we have what we need, the stamina, the strength, the rest to be the things that we are called to be. So, um, we, we must have balance in, um, serving, and self-care. So today we're going to just tackle, just scratch the surface of the topic of boundaries. I am not a boundaries expert. I myself am still learning and more days than not, I feel like I fail with the boundary test, but I am learning. And I know that I am not the same person that I was um, four years ago. I'm not the same person I was five years ago. And all that we can do is learn and know better and do better. So um, I just have some points that I want to share with you today and hope that this will encourage you and strengthen you on your journey. So one of the things that I have saved and organized for women in Held and Healed is photo albums with graphics. So I am going to pull up my, and it's hard for me to do two things at once. So let's see if I can actually do this. I'm going to pull up an album where I have been saving different graphics with the theme of boundaries and just read some of those to get the wheels spinning and to make us think this morning. Oh, this is going to be a little bit complicated because I have to have my, my Facebook open. So you're going to hear dings. I apologize. And you're going to hear my dog apologize for that too, but this is just how we roll. Okay, so in this Boundaries album, 
I just have some really thought-provoking quotes that I have saved. I'm just going to read some of them. I'm not going to read all of them. So boundaries have nothing to do with a lack of forgiveness or resentment. They have everything to do with the quality of our interactions with the people in our lives. And that quote came from Shannon Thomas. Boundaries have nothing to do with a lack of forgiveness or resentment. They have everything to do with the quality of our interactions with the people in our lives. You learn a lot about people when they don't get what they want. This is not, um, I don't have a credit to give to anyone. This is just a meme that popped up and it was so like in your face, like, oh my goodness. You learn a lot about people when they don't get what they want. And I have been experiencing this in greater degree over the last several years with someone someone that I used to think was pretty much like the sweetest person in the world. But there was under the surface, there was this uh, coercive and covert abuse that was happening. And when that person was crossed, they began to show um, a side of themselves that I had not seen. And it has been very, I don't even know the word. It's been a shock. It has been a disappointment. It's been a betrayal to see this other side. And this is where it came out. You learn a lot about people when they don't get what they want. I set boundaries to respect myself, not to offend you. I love that. I set boundaries to respect myself, not to offend you. There is this little graphic that says your emotional piggy bank, and then it has all the drains and all the deposits. So the drains are set boundaries. Oh, sorry. No, the, the deposits are set boundaries and stick to them. Give, but also be open to receiving. Ooh, that's good. Value what you bring to your own life. Value the things that make you happy. Understand your value is not gauged by sacrifice and separate your self-worth from others' opinions. Ooh, that one's not easy. The drains. The drains are tying your value to what you give others. Always saying yes when you want to say no. Sacrificing yourself so that people will love you more. Letting others take advantage of you. Putting others' wants before your needs. So that's the emotional piggy bank, what comes in and what goes out. When you feel yourself becoming angry, resentful, or exhausted, pay attention to where you haven't set a healthy boundary. That quote is by Crystal Andrus. All right, I am scrolling through some of these longer ones. Boundaries. Step one, set a boundary. What do you want to hear, see, or do? Step two, decide limits what you will and will not tolerate. Step three, pay attention to people's reactions. If your boundaries make someone mad, then that person is abusing you. The lesson, someone that loves you would never hurt you, period. Learn this and self-love and you will be okay. And that's by Tracy A. Malone. I don't know who all these different people are. I just like the quotes. So I've disclaimed this before. I may quote someone but not know anything about who they are or beyond that quote. So... <laughs> You don't always um, have time to do the research, but it's still a quote that hit home for me. Um, let's see here. Boundaries with yourself. So it's important to have boundaries with yourself. Look like not buying things you cannot afford, keeping the promises you make to yourself, honoring your hunger and eating enough, 
taking regular breaks during the day, unfollowing social media accounts or people that negatively impact you. Yes, yes, yes. Creating a healthy sleep routine, taking rest and mental health days, and taking time to process your emotions and honor your feelings. And this is by Amanda E. White, LPC. Some of the best advice I've ever been given. Don't take criticism from people you wouldn't ever go to for advice. Let me read that to you again. Some of the best advice I've ever been given. Don't take criticism from people you wouldn't ever go to for advice. I love that. This is one of my absolute favorites. I don't know if Mel Robbins is the original quote person who quoted this. I've seen this out and about, but this is who the meme was created by. Regardless of who had this original thought, this is a really important one. Toxic people make you think you're holding a grudge when you've really created a boundary. Toxic people make you think you're holding a grudge when you've really created a boundary. And God's Daughters Against Abuse is the hashtag on this. I don't know who that is. Toxic people condition you to believe the problem isn't the abuse itself, but instead your reaction to the abuse. Okay, this one hits home. Toxic people condition you to believe the problem isn't the abuse itself, but instead your reaction to the abuse. So when you do finally begin to start taking those steps and setting those boundaries, things are going to get turned on you and you are going to be accused of being the abuser and you're going to be accused of being too sensitive. You're going to be told that your feelings are not valid, your memories are not valid, your um, perception of an event is not valid. And that is because you are setting a boundary and abusers do not like that. I've had that happen multiple times. Today is a great day to start boundaries. Stop being the go-to person for someone you can't go to. Ooh. Stop being the go-to person for someone you can't go to. That's a big one. There are often times and situations where I have bent over backwards and worn myself out trying to take care of people who won't even take care of themselves. And we can't, we just can't. We are not God. I was not created to heal, fix, save, redeem anyone. That's God's job. And so when I am stepping into a role where I am that go-to person and that is not someone that I would even go to for support. There is a there's a imbalance there, and we will get worn out very very quickly. What we think healing looks like, and there's just this circle that's gray. Meditating peacefully. What healing actually looks like, and then there's a pie chart. Unpacking trauma, having difficult conversations, taking radical responsibility for your actions, setting and enforcing boundaries. That's from. Um, implementing healthy routines from Heidi Pride, I think, P-R-I-E, Pribe, B-E. So healthy actually looks like doing all the steps, having those difficult conversations, taking radical responsibility for your actions, implementing healthy routines, setting and enforcing boundaries, and unpacking trauma. If I say no to someone and they get angry, it does not mean I should have said yes. Mm. One of the hardest things about setting boundaries is honoring them when others don't because this often means we must distance ourselves from people we love. It's important to remember that you deserve relationships that support your well-being. And that's from Taylor Grismore of the Wild Heart Movement. 
I love this simple truth that was posted by Betrayal Trauma Recovery. Boundaries rebuild trust with yourself. And healthy, emotionally healthy people don't rage, retaliate, or play the victim when they are met with boundaries. They simply respect the boundaries. So I have to ask myself, do I fall into the category of being healthy or do I fall into the category of not? So I have had to learn how to respect other people's boundaries, even as I am learning to set. And I think that as we begin to set boundaries, we understand and recognize the need that others have for them as well. And so we can we can remember what it felt like when someone pushed and did not respect our boundary. And then, of course, we want ourselves to, to be respectful of other people's boundaries. All right, there are two concepts that I have been introduced to in the last couple of years. Concepts that I wish, oh, how I wish I had known about years ago. And so I want to read these to you because this was life-changing, aha moment for me. So who is familiar with the term gray rock? This is one of the best um, ways to cope with abusive people when you're boundary setting. Now, we had a discussion last night in a um, small group that I was a part of online. And the question was asked, what is the difference between giving someone the silent treatment and gray rocking and the way that it was explained by our wise leader is that silent treatment is all about punishing the other person gray rock on the other hand has a positive goal in mind for that person and for you so sarah mcdougall did these wonderful graphics which are also um, saved in my group And this is how she explains gray rock. By definition, it's rising above petty control battles, keeping your interaction with the abuser as uninteresting and boring as a gray rock. So that's where the term gray rock comes from. It feels like refusing to take bait, keeping answers brief, and regaining your peace. The purpose? To regain safety and stability. There's nothing bad about this concept. It's all positive, peace-giving, and safety and stability-inducing. So let me read this again because maybe this concept is new to you and you're like, whoa, what did she just say? So I'm going to read it again. Gray rock, by definition, according to Sarah McDougall, rising above petty control battles, keeping your interaction with the abuser as uninteresting and boring as a gray rock. It feels like refusing to take bait keeping answers brief, and regaining your peace. And the end goal or purpose is to regain safety and stability. Guys, that is not a punishment. That is wisdom. And so I recently had myself, um, (laughs) I found myself in a situation uh, with someone and the first interaction I had several weeks ago did not go well. And I did not gray rock successfully. But after a couple weeks, I had had time to think and I had had time to cool off. I had had time to establish and set a new boundary with this person. And the phone rang and I saw this person's number appear on my caller ID. And I said to myself, gray rock, gray rock. And it made such a difference. And when I took that call, I was in a different frame of mind. I held to the boundary that I had set. I was respectful and kind, whether or not that person thought that I was respectful or kind. In my heart, I knew that I was being respectful and kind. 
and it was life-giving and peace-inducing, and I felt like I had won the lottery. Okay, another concept that I wish, oh, how I wish I had had um, this awareness years ago is the concept of jade. So I don't know if you know what that is, but I'm going to explain it. So it's the acronym J-A-D-E. And the point is to don't give unsafe people anything to twist or attack you with. Now, I will say, unsafe people, they're going to do what they want to do, regardless of what you do or don't say. But this is more so that you can lay your head on the pillow and know that you did not give them anything. I've done this with so many people without realizing that there was an acronym. And it really ticks off abusers. Because if you don't give them anything in text or verbally or something they can screenshot, they get really angry. But when you have established that someone is not safe, someone is not trustworthy, someone is not, they're not covering your back, they're out to get you, this is a really wise approach, Jade, J-A-D-E. J, do not justify your actions. I know, that's hard. That's really hard. But don't, just don't. It's not worth it. They don't want to hear it. You're not going to get anywhere. Do not A, argue or prove you're right, to prove that you're right. Again, if there's not a willingness to hear your point of view, you are wasting your energy. You are robbing yourself of peace. You can go find a friend who understands, a mentor, a counselor, and you can do all these things that you want to do, but with that unsafe person, save your energy. D, do not defend yourself. And E, do not explain why you did something. So Jade is justify your actions, argue to prove you're right, defend yourself, or explain why you did something. Because all these things give them more opportunities to hurt you. So between the gray rock and the Jade, I feel like I now have these tools in my tool belt. Now, don't get me wrong. None of this is easy, especially if you have been the family scapegoat or the church scapegoat or the work scapegoat or whatever you know role that you find yourself in as a scapegoat people do not like it when we finally start to realize that we have value and worth and we start to stand up for ourselves so don't expect this to go like smoothly at first but i promise you like anything else it will get better with time it just will practice makes better i don't know that practice makes perfect but practice makes better And we can, a year from now, look back and see all the situations that we we responded to differently because we've grown and we have self-awareness and we understand that we have value and purpose. God honors us. Jesus had boundaries all over the place. I mean, you look at him and he was perfect and blameless and sinless. He also was a boundary setter. So setting boundaries is not a sin. It's not. It actually keeps you probably from being tempted to sin. Okay, so last night also in this group that I was a part of, someone said that when she is approached or reached out to by an abuser, and it's someone that unfortunately she still needs to have contact with, so it's not somebody that she can go full-blown no contact with at this point. Um, She takes an hour a full hour to respond. Now that solves a couple of different issues. It helps them to know that they don't have control over you and that they don't say jump and you say how high. So that is a really important boundary to establish. 
but it also gives us time to cool off, to rethink, to pray, to ask God for his mercy, maybe put on a worship song or go to the word and see what wisdom is there. And then after an hour, she said almost always her response is completely different than it would have been if she had responded immediately. I can't even imagine how many different situations I would have gotten myself out of bad, bad situations if I had just used this right here. Take an hour. Take an hour. Think about it. And do not rush into and get myself in trouble by hastily responding. You can also determine, you know, with people, if you're low to no contact, you can determine, do you even take that that text? Do you block that phone number? I can't tell you how much just peace it, it gives me when I have said to someone, if you continue to respond this way to me, I will block your number. And then to actually do it is not easy But then I don't have my phone blowing up at all hours of the day or night with these toxic, abusive, aggressive, insulting messages that really take me sideways. So um, the abuser does not like when we do that, but for our own peace and safety, we need to. Um, I think that I have shared this before, but it it's worth sharing again. One of my favorite responses when asked to do something, if I don't feel peace about it and I don't have the means to do it, is to simply say, I'm not available. So protecting our time and our energy and our resources and our efforts is a really important thing to do. And I have heard that no is an answer, but for me, as an empath and I have like the Enneagram two wing one, just like to take care of people and like to love on people. No seems very, very harsh to me. And so I did not love that. No is an answer just for me. It wasn't the right response. And another friend of mine, see, I get all these nuggets of wisdom from all these friends that I have. Another friend of mine, probably a year or so ago told me about the phrase. I'm not available. I'm not available to me could mean I'm going to go take a nap. I'm not available. I'm not available to me. Maybe I'm in the middle of brain surgery, which obviously I'm never going to be in the middle of brain surgery, but I'm just saying it can be the extremes of I'm taking a bubble bath. I'm taking a nap. I'm caring for my, my body, my mind, my spirit, or I am in the middle of a task that I absolutely cannot walk away from because somebody's life is on the line. Like it can mean anything but you don't have to explain beyond I'm not available. So if no is an answer and the simplicity of that works for you, great, use it. But if you need something that seems a little bit softer, I'm not available and leave it. Leave it. You owe no one an explanation except for Jesus, God. Like that's it. You don't have to explain, rationalize to anyone. Um, dear friend of mine was just sharing her frustration with someone who was really pushing her boundary. And this friend of mine is a busy mother. I mean, one of the most active, involved, bend over backwards for her children, do all the fun things, do all the educational things. (sighs) She's an amazing mother. And this friend was pushing, pushing, pushing. And she literally said, she actually said to my friend, well, what do you have going on? (laughs) Well, lady, 
I don't really need to tell you what I have going on. If I said I'm not available, that's all I need to say. That's it, people. That's it. And if people don't respect that, then that is on them. It is not on you. And then um, another sweet friend gave me this um, quote, and I don't know that I am saying it exactly perfectly, but I think I have the gist of it. As long as what this person is asking of me fits with or aligns with my giftings, my passions, my energy, and my availability. So I want to speak to anyone who deals with chronic illness, anyone who deals with mental health issues, anyone who's in the midst of a crisis. You do not owe anyone anything. The only people that you really need to worry about keeping safe and alive are you and your children. And the rest of the world can seriously go on hold for a bit because you keeping your head above water and keeping your children's heads above water, that's priority. All the extra stuff out there, the running and the doing and the being involved and the committees and the extra stuff. And I am definitely speaking about church activities because trust me, I have put in thousands upon thousands upon thousands of volunteer hours at churches over the last 30 years. And there were times that I suffered and my children suffered from those commitments. And I do have regrets. There was nobody who was going to die if I wasn't there. And the only people that you really are responsible to are yourselves and your children. And if you choose to volunteer, your church is blessed and should honor you for your service and not constantly be asking you for more. I also volunteered for multiple um, nonprofits and other ministries in our community. And one thing that just baffled me is how people on staff, this is really baffling to me, would ask more and more and more of the volunteers. And I'm thinking if you are on staff being paid, you need to appreciate if what people can give you is one hour a week, you need to be grateful for that. If what people can give you is two hours a week, be grateful. Do not constantly be asking for more, more, and more. Because chances are people who volunteer are kind-hearted and they're servants, and they will probably give until they fall over. But what I had to tell myself, when, I, especially when I got sick and I could no longer fulfill my roles at these different ministries, is I had to say to myself, but Heather, you gave this ministry 20-some years of your time. You gave this ministry 7 years of your time. You gave this ministry 10 years of your time. This one, 4 years of your time. There should be gratitude for the time you gave instead of feeling guilt that you can no longer continue and even as I am beginning a nonprofit myself, I want to bear that in mind. I want to verbally say thank you to the people who volunteer their times, their gifts, their service. I want to find ways to thank donors regularly, sincerely, and I do not want to take people for granted. So I hope that the things that I have experienced make me a better nonprofit leader. And that I will have gratitude and express that gratitude. Some people do not want recognition publicly, but we definitely need to recognize them. And if my board serves me for a year, I am grateful that they serve me for a year. And I told them, I told them that, like, I'm not expecting you to do this indefinitely. If you can give me a year and help me get established and help me get up and running, then I am so grateful that you are willing to be here with me in this newness 
and this uncertainty and I will be looking for new people in a year if you don't want to continue. I just said that. So that expectation is there. Um, as far as boundaries with very unsafe and abusive and dangerous people, um, we know that a lot of times it gets worse before it gets better. So if you have not had a chance to listen to the 13 systems and patterns of abuse episode where I shared about the different types of abuse, please go back and catch that. If you find yourself in a situation with someone who is aggressive, um, this is going to be very different for you. And so I encourage you to seek out the domestic violence hotline, seek out your women's shelter, your DV shelter in your community. And of course, um, if there is physical abuse, um, law enforcement needs to be brought in. So I want to... I want to advise you to use caution in moving forward. These boundaries are more for people who are already out of those situations and are in a safe place and are beginning to rebuild their lives. But if you still live with an abuser abuser, and the possibility is that you could be harmed physically by taking a stand, I just ask that you use caution and you employ the resources of people who are trained to help you get to safety. So please be safe. Um, and the Leslie Vernick quote, if you stay, stay well. If you leave, leave well. I love that. Your wellness, your safety, your well-being is what matters to us. So I hope that this helps you to understand that you have a voice. You have wisdom and insights and life experiences that make you able and capable to make decisions and choices. You are worthy of honor. You are worthy of respect. You are worthy of dignity. You are worthy of when you say something, someone should honor your request or your wishes. And if people are constantly pushing back, pushing back, pushing back, um, it's probably time to set a boundary with that person. So this topic is expansive. This topic, there's so many directions we could go with it. And like I said earlier, I cannot cover all the things. And as soon as I hit the stop button, I'll probably think of like 10 more things I wish I had said. But what I want today is just to encourage you. The purpose of this podcast is to encourage you to begin to set and maintain. And maybe it just needs to be something super, super simple. Super simple. Like my boundary is that one day a week, I do nothing outside of my house. And that is my day to be at home, rest, and catch up on things at home. That's a really good boundary to have. And protect that boundary. Your boundary can be that every night at a certain time, um, you dock your phone and you do not take messages or phone calls from anybody else. Now, that can be hard if you need, you know, to have your phone for emergencies, if you have older kids or whatever, so that may not work. But at least for other people outside of your family, that could be your boundary. With work, if you're getting paid 40 hours a week to work, your boundary can be that after you've worked your 40 hours, you get up and you walk out and you go home. 
if they want to pay you for more than 40 hours, that's negotiable. But if you are being paid for 40 and you're expected to work 45, that is not acceptable. And you may set that boundary. Your boundary, maybe you're a grandmother and you want to babysit on occasion for your grandchildren, but you don't want to raise your grandchildren because there's a really big difference between being an active and involved grandparent and being someone who's raising your grandchildren. So your boundary may be that you will babysit once a week, twice a month. Set that boundary, maintain that boundary, and encourage them to pay a sitter for the times that you're not available. Um, your boundary may be, here comes the choo-choo train, sorry about that. Your boundary may be that you have created a beautiful, healthy meal for your family and they're being rude and disrespectful and turning up their noses and your boundary may be you may eat what you see in front of you or you may make a sandwich they can make the sandwich not you so just think about the areas where you may feel resentful where you may feel drained and where you may feel that you're being taken advantage of and that's probably a great place to begin setting a boundary think about that for a minute. Is there some area at work, at home, at church, on a committee that you volunteer for, a sports team maybe, is there some place right now where you feel like you are ready to jump out of your skin because you are being pushed, you're being asked to do more, and you feel that you cannot say no? That's probably where you can start and decide, does this bless me or does this stress me? And if it's not life or death, it's not a matter of keeping your kids safe or well-fed, then maybe it can go. I remember when we started homeschooling, um, firstborn was going into fifth grade and the twins were going into second grade. And I remember that year saying no to almost everything that was extra. And it was so easy, so easy to say no. Because if you say it once, the next time it's easier. And if you start to say it across the board, you just feel like this sense of empowerment. But then what happened is I started saying yes, and the opposite was true. It was like that snowball effect. So as I started saying yes, it became easier to say yes to more things and more things. The second time in my life that I found it very easy to say no is when I got sick and couldn't move for months off of my couch. Like, it was easy to say no because I literally couldn't do anything other than take a shower, go to the bathroom, and maybe find something to eat. That was it. So during that season, I had to say no. I think I was involved in three different ministries at the time, and I just had to flat say no. So there are different seasons where it's easier. And just think about yourself right now, especially if you're in the middle of trauma, if you are coming out of trauma, if you are separated, newly divorced, you have every right just as someone with chronic illness, although a lot of you have that on top of everything else, you have as much right to say no and to protect yourself, your space, your energy, and your resources. So I hope that this blesses you. I hope that this gives you um, just a moment to breathe, to pause, to know your value, to know your worth, and to set a boundary or 10 to protect yourself, your space, your peace. Let me say a prayer for you and um, we will be on our way. Father, I thank you so much for your wisdom. I thank you that you love us, that you care for us, that you created us with 
a need to rest and that your word commands rest many, many times. You, you ask us to be still, you ask us to rest, to be at peace. You yourself took a day as you were creating all of creation, you took a day to rest and our bodies, our minds, and our spirits need rest. We need peace. We need resets. So thank you for being the example to us that we do not have to go wide open. We were not created to go wide open. When we're doing that, we're trusting in ourselves and we're not trusting in you. So today I ask that anyone who has listened to this, that you would give her wisdom to know the areas that she needs to set a boundary in and then grant her the strength that she needs to maintain that boundary. The ultimate goal is to establish peace and safety for herself, for her children. And God, you are all about safety and peace. You you want your children to lay their heads on the pillow at night and have rest. And so I ask God that you grant us wisdom and strength to set and then maintain the boundaries that help us to be at peace, that help our children to be at peace, and that help us to be better witnesses and testimonies of you in the world around us. And I pray this in Jesus' precious name. Ladies, remember you can find us on Facebook at Held and Healed, Christian Women Rebuilding After Abuse. If you happen to hear this podcast before September 1st, 2021, and you're interested in attending our retreat here in Virginia, please reach out to me and we will get you a spot. There are plenty of spots still available. We would love to see you during this retreat. We are going to explore the systems, the 13 systems and patterns of abuse. We are going to share stories of survivors who have come through the fire and now help to pull other women out of the fire. We will be talking about self-care, self-soothing, ways to get through triggers and trauma, and uh, we're going to hear from Joy Forrest and Rebecca Davis. We're going to have a big chunk of time on um, Saturday that is free time where you can practice that self-care that we're talking about. You can go back to your home or your hotel, your Airbnb, and take a nap. We have art therapy on on site. A friend of mine is coming. She's a massage therapist, and she's going to be doing chair massages. Um, We have Pilates and the opportunity to meet the ladies who are speaking and buy their books. And some women may go downtown and just check out the stores and the restaurants there. Some women may go on a hike. So it is just going to be an incredible opportunity to come together in a safe space with others who understand and get it. And I am so excited about what God has in store for us. So in addition to that, on September the 21st, I am launching a group coaching course, which will include 12 truths. Oh, I am so excited about this, you guys. 12 truths that will renew your mind as you're rebuilding after an abusive marriage. 12 nuggets that I wish I had known then that I know now. I'm finding that when women are coming out of the trauma, it is really hard to sit and read a book. It is really hard to focus because trauma brain is legit. Focusing, concentrating, nearly impossible. And so I was like, what can I do? Just give them a nugget, something that they can just hold on to for a whole week and they can speak back to themselves, speak back to the enemy, (laughs) speak aloud until they really, really believe it. And so we're going to have 12 weeks together. We're going to alternate Zoom um, sessions with Facebook Lives. So those will be every other week. And 
really cling to these truths together and build community together. So if that's something you're interested in, I will drop the link for that in my podcast that is open to women who are rebuilding after abusive marriages. So blessings to you, dear ones. I pray that you are well, that you are safe, and that you feel held and healed. Blessings.